0: If you wanna learn about the music industry and you don't know where to go, turn into WP. The
1: sweet sounds, Dr. Marconi of I Switch Mob. You. Of Switch Mob. Happy New Year. How are I you? I know Switch Mob. Switch Mob. Happy New Year. Sweet Happy New Year. We're back with Music Biz We're 101. Do this
2: year, we have a new a new theme. We're going to do everything like it's PBS. So and this is
1: our fun drive. Lay
2: back. And how are
1: you, Dave? I'm doing great. How are you How'd doing? do like that weather today, huh? It, was, it warmed up a little bit. It's uh, not as cool as it has been these last few days. Ashley's still with us. Ashley, Starr- oh, I see her. Birthday, Let's give her a yeah. big hand. Great. It's great to have Ashley here, Very Ashley nice. Walter. She's really doing a great Very job. Good. We have a student I co-host. to have some teas. <laughs> <laughs> Our student co-host tonight is Kaylee Cheryl. She comes all the way from Ohio. Wow. Hi, Kaylee. Tonight only? Yeah, then no, she's, she's right she's always back. from Ohio. Yeah. You're not whispering.
3: I'm going home tomorrow.
2: I <laughs> <So, laughs> <laughs>
3: There's a
1: best one
2: Yeah! What did he say?
1: I, I screamed music. He's the best.
2: The oh, okay. Uh, sorry, yes. yes, I guess we'll have to get out of the PBS, even though we are not for profit.
1: No, we're not. We're, right. We we profit through knowledge.
2: So we really don't need all this commercial um, rhythm and commercial speed of our talking.
1: No, we can slow down. We can speed up. We can do whatever right. we want.
2: Right. It's America. kind of like that. PBS a little bit every <laughs> once in a while. It was
1: good. My throat enjoys yeah. better than the screaming. And also
2: the one with Alec Baldwin, if you remember, on Saturday Night Live, with his sweaty balls. Yes, the Christmas sweaty balls. Yes, that's yes. right. I would have never gotten through it. <laughs> I don't know how many takes. He <laughs> got it would have that. Been, I would have never gotten through it.
1: For those of you listening, make sure you go to Saturday Night. Anyway, Night we
2: Live. are back.
1: Music is going on more. Guess what we're starting, Kaylee? Guess what we are starting. What are we starting? Our fifth year. this is our fifth year doing this spring we started the spring semester 2014 and now it's spring semester 2019 19 minus 14 is 19
3: minus 14 is
1: that's right it's five and that starts year number five of music biz 101 brave new radio oh didn't that sound good
2: yes we have
1: a lot in the can i just looked on soundcloud we have 201 episodes Wow on sound called on the on the cloud of the sound so that's really cool that's so, we, great. Um, so we have a Duke Badger from the uh, i almost said the universal music group wrong music group from the yes. Corner Music group can have Duke on in a moment We mentioned Kaylee Sherrill, who is our student co-host for tonight. You're a pop music major And what is your
3: minor? My minor is music and entertainment industry.
1: Oh, wow. Why did you choose that? Why do you, what do you want to do in the music business? What do I want to do? Yeah. Yeah. What interests you in the music business?
3: Uh, Just about everything. I know I want to learn as much as I can about the business so I can, you know, be flexible in whatever I need to do, whatever anyone asks me to do. Okay. But I'm just going to feel my way around and see what is suitable for me. Kaylee's
1: the next Ashley Weltner. Oh. I said that to her today. Ashley Weltner, who is our engineer, who is killing it and as a junior could graduate, but she's staying an extra year so that she can do more internships.
2: We need to have a much more stringent curriculum.
1: Maybe it's that. Or it's tell them to stop taking so many classes. Yes. Hey, if you're listening, follow me at the link below. Hey, guys, follow me. You can't do that. Subscribe. Musicbiz101wp.com. To go there. Sign up for our newsletter. You can sign up for us on Instagram, the Twitter, the Facebook the book, at musicbiz101wp, the, mm-hmm. the podcast, iTunes, SoundCloud, Spotify. We want to give thanks. Should we give thanks? Sure. It's a new year, and we're giving thanks to the folks at Van Dyne, Bruno and White Hat Management with artists like Dave Matthews, uh, (laughs) Charlie Puth. All right. No Charlie Puth. With Dave Matthews, Three Doors Down, St. Vincent, and Kiss, there's only one place to go for your band's business management. Go to VB... (laughs) Hyphen... CPA.com when you are ready. I talked with Aaron Van Dyne last night.
2: Yes, how was he?
1: He was very good. He was in good spirits. Good. And uh, he mentioned the name of his company and I said, vb and nobody laughed.
2: Uh, huh. On the inside, so they I don't was, listen.
1: No, no, no. The students don't find me as humorous as I find myself. We should also give thanks to Christine Vay, a wealth manager and the president of Vay Wealth Management. What kind of wealth management? Christine's. <laughs> Oi.
2: Oh, it's right.
1: Christine has helped many of our professionals in William Patterson manage our investments plan after the retirement. If you're looking for some guidance on how to plan for your retirement, if you have questions on anything from investments, portfolio management, to insurance, retirement planning, give Christine a call at seven three two. 732. 455.
3: 455.
1: Say it the way I say it. 455. 455. 1510. 1510. You can also email her. Christine at veywealth.com for advisement. Yes, you should do that. Okay. Managing your band, sixth edition is out.
2: Out. It is
1: out. You should know that it exists. Yes. And uh, you can find it on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, BackwingStore.com. Who wrote that book, Dr. Esteban?
2: Oh. That's right. Charles Dickens?
1: Charles Dickens wrote. Managing your band. He wrote the first five. James Patterson. (laughs) That's right. It's a love story with lots of pictures in a centerfold. And uh, you should know, Kaylee knows this, that the William Patterson University Music and Entertainment Industries Major, Minor, and MBA program is ranked one of the best in the universe by Billboard magazine. That's
2: correct. And I think and we, we should... try harder.
1: Oh. <laughs> at, 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 I keep saying universal. I don't know. At William Patterson, we try harder. Yes. Speaking of which, speaking of somebody who tries hard every gosh darn day, somebody with the greatest are English accent... Are we keeping them up? Yeah, Duke already fell asleep. Well, I thought so. Duke, are you there? Duke Badger.
4: Hi, everyone. How are you?
1: Good. How are you, Duke? Duke's here, everybody. Duke duke badger vice president crm and fan engagement strategy at the warner music group it is great to have you thank you so much for being here i'm your professor david kirkfield how are you
4: i'm, I'm terrific it's uh, it's wonderful to be on your show thanks for having me i
1: i don't sense you mean that are you sure you're you're happy to be here
4: you know any any time i get to you know people will listen to me is a, a privilege so i, uh, I appreciate
2: that <laughs> he must be home though. yeah, yeah. I know
1: that. <laughs> that's right but uh, but thanks for being on the show we really appreciate it and uh we're here, we have Kaylee Sherrill here, who is a student co-host, who's going to read some tweet questions for you. Uh, the woman who answered your phone, I called her a woman, because she's awesome. Her name is Ashley Weltner, she's our engineer. And then Dr. Esteban Marconi is going to begin
2: that is uh,
1: pelting you verbally with questions.
2: Yes. Well, it's That's good fun. to hear your voice again, Duke. Um, like I think the, the question that would be uh, on the reader's mind is your title and what does it do and who made up the name of that title?
4: <laughs> you know, you know, it's, it, it, it's interesting. My, my title has, uh, has pivoted from CRM to fan engagement to CRM back to fan engagement. And now it, it has both. So, uh, it's, <laughs> uh, it's, it's interesting as, as the music industry evolves and, and so rapidly in the last, I guess, you know, 15 years, uh, defining what, uh, you know, what roles people play and what, what fan engagement means or what serum means uh, is sort of changes quite quickly. So, um, so yeah, the, uh, the powers that be, I guess, put those, uh, put those things together finally.
2: So what's a typical day?
4: Sure. So uh, a typical day for me. So my, I, I lead a team um, We're at the, uh, I guess at the center of, of Warner music group, we support our labels um, and, uh, you know, businesses around the world. So we've got our our friends at Atlantic Records who are in New York, mostly. Uh, We've got uh, our West Coast uh, guys at Warner Brothers Records, uh, our team down in Nashville, as well as offices across Europe and South America and Australia and Asia. And, you know, with uh, being a sort of a big company like that, you know, we have uh, terrific artists that, you know, permeate, sort of, I guess, or get around all the world. Uh, having a central sort of a coordination behind that is, is critical. So for me, it's uh, it's about, you know, what is the right uh, way to, uh, uh, you know, technology we can use across the company? How do we sort of understand fans and ultimately, like, connect, you know, the right artists and the right messages from those artists with the right fans where, wherever they are. Mm-hmm. So That's that... a little vague, isn't it?
2: <laughs> well, it's general, of course, but I would assume that there's no one model or one... One road that uh, that is for every artist
4: oh, absolutely absolutely it's um you know the the core of it is that you know I think you can't uh, you know you can't fake uh, authenticity or sincerity uh, and all we can do is really try to uh, connect those the voices of the artists with the fans um, and not uh, you know we're not trying to sort of be the artist we're trying to I guess help them find their audience so you know knowing you know understanding who the fans are understanding what the art you know what the artist message is, and you know, ultimately, we use a lot of data to do that. Uh, that's uh, obviously one of the um, one of the ways to sort of you know make sure we reach people in the right way and in a way that's not, uh, I guess, intrusive. Uh, mm-hmm. Is is making that connection?
2: Mm-hmm. Did this uh, the area grow out of the three hundred and sixty deals?
4: Uh, it's certainly become uh, more and more. Um, uh, I think relevant in light of that. Uh, you know, as, as you look at the way that you know 360 deals have evolved, and the way that you know the recorded music businesses have evolved, uh, it's uh, for me, you know, a core. Again, you know, trying not to be speaking too many generalities, but what we look at is, you know, what is that sort of digital presence for an artist? Mm-hmm. You know, what is it? You know, on social media, what is it on their website, their email list, and you know, helping them, you know, not to be too crude about it, but build their brand. Uh, And how do you, uh, you know, connect that with, you know, the various um, revenue streams that they're uh, seeking to, you know, uh, connect with fans? So whether that's obviously recorded music, but then it's, you know, they have great, you know, fashion and lifestyle um, sort of various brands and merchandise that, you know, they're touring, they're doing partnerships with, you know, with brands that they care about. And how do we, you know, build up a complete, not only digital presence for them, but, but connect that with the right people. So yeah, absolutely. You know, A lot of artists have, you know, have stores these days. How do we sort of you know connect that, whether that's the vinyl they're selling, the t-shirts, the sneakers, whatever it is.
2: Mm-hmm. And I would assume that artists that are maybe a little reluctant to really dive into social media, you're sort of a godsend to them.
4: Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, you know, not only is it sort of a different, uh, you know, message for fans, it's a different level of engagement for our team as well as the the labels that we work with. Uh, You know, some, um, you know, some, uh, you know, artists that, you know, on Atlantic Records, Cardi B is, you know, a prolific social media user. Uh, And certainly we don't, you know, uh, that's not an area that we get involved in. Uh, There's other artists that, um, you know, are very into, you know, uh, sort of email marketing. Uh, There's uh, bands like Foles who, um, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, are coming out, just came out with new music. Those guys write their own emails. Um, it's it's terrific, and uh, you know they certainly, um, you know, we can you know help them get their message out, but we don't need to copyright for them. So mm-hmm. there's, a, there's different levels of engagement depending on on what their involvement is.
2: Right now, is there when you, um, I guess, if you coordinate with a tour, or you coordinate with a a new release. Is there um, certain legs of a of a marketing plan that you that you are part of, and then certain legs that you're not part of?
4: There is, there is. And so for my team, I think, to sort of, I guess, back it up a bit, you know, we are, as a central team, we offer, um, we're in sort of a, a unique position of uh, supporting our, you know, our labels, like, you know, again, Atlantic Records, I mentioned, if if they have a big release coming out for an artist, uh, you know, the marketing teams there mm-hmm. uh, will, you know, uh, have the plan and they'll, they'll execute it. Where we'll come in is we'll help them, with some of the underlying technologies that uh, fulfill that, whether that's the email platform, we can give them reports on engagement around social and web analytics, uh, help them build a, a digital profile. Uh, and then also, because we sit in the center and we work with Warner Brothers and Nashville and other other teams, we can also provide certain benchmarks on how camp campaigns perform, but also best practices. Um, the, the great thing about our business is you know we're able to connect with some really passionate and intelligent people around not only in the U S but around the world. Uh, and it, for me, one of the, one of the things I enjoy most about my job is being able to take ideas from one part of the company and then, and put it somewhere else.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh,
4: so that's where we can, um, you know, sit down uh, when, you know, before 21 pilots released their last album, the digital marketing uh, manager sort of reached out to my team and said, Hey, we've, you know, we've got, you know, we've got new music coming up. Um, how, you know, what can we do to sort of, you know, come up with a plan? And we sat down with them and you know, planned out and, you know, kind of an 18-month plan with them about, you know, communication, messaging, data acquisition, and fans sort of engagement strategies uh, around that.
0: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: Um, here, here's a question for you. So let's say hypothetically, and it, it's kind of repeating what you just said, but I just would love to go through it one more time. Let's say I manage a band. Uh, they were just signed to, a- to Atlantic. Are you one of the first people who I'm going to meet with when I go to Atlantic? And if that's the case, what are we talking about at our meeting? And is the band there, or is it just are you just meeting with management? How how is that all working?
4: Sure, sure. And I will say it, it really depends on the you know on the managers and and the artists, and that's uh, there's so much variability in that. Um, there are some uh, managers that are, are really engaged uh, in I guess the you know, the things that we look at, which are a little more digital marketing focused. Uh, and there's other managers that their eyes glaze over as soon as you mention something, you know, that's, uh, you know, uh, is connected to that world. So uh, uh, when we will, um, we'll meet with managers in a couple of different settings. Uh, One is that uh, supporting our digital marketing team, but also when we look at our extended rights business Um, and the things that we'll cover, uh, we'll, uh, we'll typically do a profile on an artist. We'll look at, you know, all their digital properties, so to speak. So, their social, you know, their Facebook, their Instagram, Twitter, Spotify followers, and set a little bench, you know, and have a look at how they perform, and then get some like uh, similar artists, and look at how they compare with those, and we'll also look at sort of maybe a, a breakdown of their audience, you know, a you know demographics. We can get location. We'll look at their uh, transaction history if we, we've done e-commerce with them in the past. And we'll have a look at that against sort of how they perform against similar artists and, and against uh, you know other things in the company and what that does for us uh, when we present to the artists. They, they obviously get a, a unique insight into how they I guess how they're tracking on, on those certain metrics, and we'll come up with a list of recommendations for you know things can you do. Maybe their email list isn't very big, and we can say here's some great ways to do their you know to do some fan acquisition to build a, a a cool mailing list, or here's some things you can do to sort of you know, boost your social media presence, uh, and the you know, again, some some of the managers uh, uh, will glaze over, but um, uh, a lot of them are, are very engaged in that because it's a sort of insight that they, um, in comparisons, they wouldn't get usually, and and also there's a level of comfort I think too in knowing that they're working with a uh, a team of experts. And uh, what I mean by that is that you know because we're you know I guess a bigger company and we also sit in a central central role, we have uh, people that can specialise in certain areas, whether it's you know, just sort of, you know, more email marketing or it's social or, or e-commerce. Um, people that really focus on that and don't do it as one of many jobs that
1: they do. What do you do with the managers who, who's, I know you said a couple of times, their eyes are glazing over. So um, are you thinking, man, this, this person really needs to understand what I'm talking about because this is make or break time for this band? Or do you just call the meeting off or do you talk to other people and say, hey, um you should get to this guy and try and convince him that this is important information that he or, you know, that they should be interested in. What do you, what do, you do? I mean, you're kind of like you're at that point. You're the professor. We go through this all the time where <laughs> yeah. we're, we're talking to people I and mean, we see their eyes glazing over where we can just tell they're getting bored with, you know, when we're getting deep into whether it's music publishing or certain things that aren't as fancy as, you know, um how, how you look on Instagram. You know, we're getting really deep into the back. Uh, I don't know the, the sure. back. Yeah. So, so what do you do? How do you, uh, what are ta- techniques you use, I guess, to convince them to listen to you and utilize yeah, well, your
4: suggestions? I, I guess it's, um, you know, there's no point uh, forcing a, a, you know, a view on someone that's, that's not receptive to it. And, uh, I mean, within, you know, our, our company, you know, there's a, um, in our labels, you know, people understand, you know, the importance of, you know, building audiences and engagement. So, even if an artist isn't sort of, or a manager is, is not, um, you know, interested in sort of getting into the tactics of it, um, you know, we'll encourage them to, you know, let us, you know, take a little bit more of a hand in it. Uh, in Ultimately, we sort of want to find out what's important to them. What do they care about? Um, you know, maybe they, maybe they just want to, you know, get a top 10, you know, they want to get a top 10 single. Maybe it's um, they want to, you know, they want to make more money out of their e-commerce or uh, they want to sort of, you know, be better than another artist in some capacity. And, and if we can frame things back to that, um, that really helps drive the conversation. We had, you know, a great conversation with, with with an artist about, you know, their e-commerce still was generating, you know, a certain amount of money per month. And we, we said, look, here's a strategy. We can, you know, implement these changes and we can grow that significantly. And, um, and I'm obviously not going into details, but, you know, we were able to grow that by four times just by, you know, implementing mm-hmm. certain strategies, you know, sort of acquisition, engagement, um, and sort of following up with, you know a more diverse product mix, uh, and that sort of helps. Uh, I guess speaking, I guess understanding what's important to people, and then sort of relating things back to that.
2: Yeah, we we, um, for the last few years we've been talking about. There's no real uh, set model like there used to be where you would play in your local area, you get discovered, et cetera, et cetera. But today it's really taking the passive fan and moving them to the active or fanatic fan. And there's no one model, but there is this idea of entrepreneurship and creativity that, on the business side that the artists must engage in to make that happen. Uh, we, you know, we'll know, we give an example in class that uh, they're playing in, uh, let's say, they're playing in New Paltz uh, on a Thursday night, and they're setting up the band on a Thursday afternoon, and all these people walking by, now they're all potential passive fans or the potential fans at that point. So what are you gonna do creatively to get them to walk through that door the night? Are you going to do the uh you know pay forward idea of I'll walk out and you pay for the first person and have them pay for the next person, and so on and so on. But whatever creativity, um, you know, is uh is at their fingertips to try to make this happen. And it, it seems to me that sometimes as Dave was saying, we do get that Sort of deer in the headlights when we start bringing this stuff up in class, in the sense that it's very obvious, but it's not, uh, it's not right on the plate. It's not right in the in the in the front. Uh, do you yeah. find that with the you know new, new bands and so on?
4: Yeah, I mean you know certainly the things that um, you know that that uh, I know our business looks at it well Is you know there's this is uh, when you engage with artists. You know the the ones that sort of you know I guess have longer careers they, they really hustle, mm-hmm. uh, they they work incredibly hard. I um, you know I, I you know our, this is a, you know one of those things where I've been in the, I've only been in the music business for nine years. I, I came out from a different sort of area of media, and um, I was just very um, impressed by the, the hard work that some of these artists do. The first time I met Jason Derulo, he's mm-hmm. not an artist whose music I would I'll be honest ever really listened to. It's not it wasn't something that I was in, but I was with him at ten o'clock at night. We're doing a, a live, you know, web chat, and that guy that guy just kept working, smile on his face the whole time. Um, mm-hmm. And he that guy just he keeps hustling. He works hard. He does it with a smile on his face. And um, you know he's had a he's had a, a long career.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: That's that's interesting because uh, we get we this is sort of a running theme in a lot of our interviews with people at labels who. You're not complaining right now but you're you're stating that the artists who work really hard meaning do the stuff that you just mentioned with the jason derulo example those are the ones who have a better chance at a lasting career because we have spoken with executives and we have um gotten their feedback where there there are artists who they get signed and they think okay that's it i'm done you know now it's all going to happen for me they don't have to do as much as maybe they were doing beforehand and it, we just find it shocking how not every artist doesn't see that that is that's your chance, and you just now you just got to kill it. And we we notice that there are artists who don't work as hard as others.
4: Yeah, and and it's, it's I think it's a, a lot of similarities that that you know when you finish, whether it's you know studying a university or wherever, and, you know, you know you've done all this hard work, you've made that thing to you know you know I guess get signed with a label, and it's like, and and often that's just the start of it. That's the you know one of the sort of the, that's just the start of a, a new step, a new chapter, and um, you know it's terrific to see. Um, you know, when you meet those artists that have been, you know, been around for a while and they ultimately they're passionate about what they do, they're passionate about their fans. uh, It's great. You know, meeting with um, certain artists, uh, you know, uh, Chris Kruber from, um, uh, you know, uh, meeting with him, uh, you know, and that guy, you know, that guy, you know, works incredibly hard, smile on his face and really motivated by um, wanting to, you know, engage with fans in a meaningful way, not, um, you know, when we put, you know, we look at, you know, in the artist services business, the extended rights of an artist, what can we, you know, what are certain ways that we can sort of enhance an artist's career and, and ultimately revenue, um, through more than just recorded music and, you know, working with guys like that, um, really about, you know, what's something that is going to be meaningful for the fans, uh, that, that they can engage with. So, you know, uh, you know, whilst it's sort of, there's a hustle to it, there is also a, a purpose and a.
0: You know a sincerity
4: thats um that's that's really important because that's again if if you're um doing something that's I guess insincere or not um not meaningful, then that's also a, a, I guess a way to burn out.
2: Mm-hmm. I assume you work closely with uh, Dan and Matt at Warner Services Art Services as well.
4: Yes well, well Dan uh, so um, Matt heads up our heads up our team, uh, and Dan's actually direct my boss. so uh, yeah, they're I mean they're great guys um, mm-hmm. to work with and have a really a great perspective uh you know on on how the business is run and what's really interesting um you know is that uh, how their backgrounds have um been able to you know they've got very different backgrounds uh but really one of passionate music fans and also understand the business sort of beyond just their own sort of areas that they started in
2: yeah yeah
1: we had uh, Dan and Matt, they were involved with us for a little while here at the university. They were our experts in residence a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, for a year, right. And I just listened back to, um, we had them on the on the show a couple of years ago, and I just listened back to it over our winter break. And um, I mentioned that we, we've had our, this is our five-year anniversary, or this, we've just started our fifth year now. And well,
4: congratulations.
1: Um, thank you very hey. much. And Oh, yeah, and so, Duke, you're the guy. You're starting year number five, so... Duke Badger. Duke Badger, everybody. Um, you're a very special person. And um, But I, I should mention that uh, people should listen back to the Matt Young and Dan Goldberg. That's the Matt and Dan we mm-hmm. talked about from Warner Music Artist Services. That's a really good uh, interview where they get into a lot of stuff, including some of the stuff that you're talking about. But you're going into a different level that's really pretty cool. So mm-hmm. thank you for this so far. So far.
4: <laughs> well,
1: see how it goes from now on yeah, i know i know so I'm, I'm saying so far it's been good but at <laughs> yeah, right. any point you can it's just go off the rails, rails so yeah got, especially if you're home rails, you know but... your feet are up you're having a little something nice to drink and all of a sudden you know you just kind of freak out on us but um that's okay mm-hmm. um i do have a quick question for you before uh uh we're gonna get tweets to you for a second kaylee's gonna read something to you um because I, I noticed you have that Ukrainian accent. I'm kidding. It's English. And um, wait
4: wait wait wait. Actually, it's Australian. But it's
1: Australian. Australian. Oh, is it?
2: Yes. No. Did he say that earlier? And I missed that. No. He went to University of
4: Kingsland, Queensland. 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 Yes. Yes. Uh, Queensland, Queensland in, in, in oh, Australia. Goodness. Yes. Okay. But I, I did spend ten years in, in the UK working for a Warner Music Group there. So I, you know there was a there was a, a British inflection. So uh, <laughs> you know I can forgive it.
1: Yeah, I can tell. Yeah. You have that 10-year English accent for the Australian guy who went to Queensland. <laughs> it's so obvious. Uh, I, I will not ask the question then about Brexit and the music business in the UK unless you think you can answer that.
4: Yeah, that's uh, yeah. I, I think that's going to be uh, – the full ramifications of that will, will not uh, be understood for some time. But uh, needless to say, I, I, I don't think it's going to be a positive.
1: Mm, okay. Okay. Mm. Mm. Right now, I'm just shocked that I didn't. Under, that I thought for sure. That, yeah, I've been telling classes because we met you a couple of years ago that he's from he's from England. He worked for the Guardian. <laughs> well, he is from, from the Maryland. UK, and you have First that. You know, you don't, you don't say R like a par like we do with like a pirate. You go ah, you know. Right. Um, you, you, I I feel in my heart of hearts that you're from Great Britain, even though you're not. So. But he digresses. I have completely digressed. <laughs> yes. So Kaylee now is going to read a tweet question for you.
3: All right. So Dan Taggart wants to know what is the primary way that you communicate with fans? What do you usually, what do you generally listen for, and what do they usually want most?
4: Sure. So um, the primary way we communicate with fans, I, I don't, I don't mean to sort of be vague about it, but it, it will depend on the, on the artist and you know, on and the audience. Um, y- what's interesting is, uh, you know, as you know. The way that you know, and you, I'm sure you talk about this the way, social media rapidly evolves, and, and you know, it was all Facebook and Twitter, and then you know, Snapchat and Instagram, and then Instagram Stories, and, and that evolving there. So it's really where fans are most receptive. I, I can tell you this that you know, uh, email is a really core cool part of what we do as well. Um, for how you know, the number one driver of e-commerce, that's that's definitely it. Um, and, but then, of course, you get tremendous reach, you know, on on social media. Um, the things that we, um, I think, depending on the the medium, the message needs to change to uh, to suit that. You know, it's obvious that an Instagram something visual and you know videos perform you know very well and are more engaging. Uh, if it's something like um, uh, like email, uh, it can be. It really depends on the tone you set. Uh, I gave the example of Foles before. That's a, you know, those guys tend to just write a few paragraphs each time, and it's, it's you know, it's a few blocks of text. Uh, but because they write it themselves, it's it's meaningful. And if you're a fan of that band, you'll you'll read it every time. Most bands won't do that. In which case, we'll sort of do something that's a little more image heavy and and um, you know, with uh, a little more text than say you get an Instagram. Uh, but again, it has to be, uh, it has to be relevant and engaging. Uh, what, um, the key thing is that, um, you know, again, I, I sort of worked in, in, for, in a newspaper for a while, you know, there's no point sort of, you know, putting a message out just because, um, you know, you want to, you have to have something to say, it has to be newsworthy, uh, otherwise people will stop listening. So, uh, the, the great thing is that artists are often doing something interesting. They're, you know, they've got a lot of great content, they're meeting a lot of interesting people, um framing that the right way is that uh, does that answer it?
3: yeah i'd say so hmm.
1: kimbra is another artist who's on warner brothers records and yes. I, I i sense that she writes her own emails as well she's terrific
4: she's terrific she she's emailed me personally about, her, about you know what's her, what's her strategy in engaging for email she's uh she, she's super uh focused on that stuff and um again just has you know uh, really views it as a direct line to, to communicate with fans, uh, and and that's the beauty of that medium that you can you know put some you know put something meaningful down there and have them um you know and have people read it. Um, so she's she's an artist that definitely does engage in that and um, you know is is terrific and and has done um, you know appreciates the, how that medium works and and puts an effort into into using it.
1: And she's from New Zealand, right?
4: Yes, she is. Yes, so she, so
1: is. she likes you especially because you're also from that area. <laughs> that area. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's the same zip you code. Take a practically. Bus, right? Exactly. Take a bus um, what do you do to grow email lists for your artists? Because uh, if, if I talked, if you came to our college and you said, how many people are checking email every day? And there was a room of 25 people, maybe three or four people would raise their hand. So what are you doing? To, is it, depend upon the artist um are you seeing that there are any trends that are changing and and more uh fans are dming on instagram and doing messaging on facebook instead of the uh email um what do you see what can you share with us about that
4: sure i I guess there's there's two parts to that um or maybe three the first part is you know again you know uh, people still have to you know have an email address to sign up for a lot of social media accounts and, and you know, pay bills and, and, you know, even that sort of thing. So I, you know, people are reading are still engaged in that platform and certainly the, the market data will, will sort of show that people are, are still in that channel. And, and um, it's a, it's a pretty big driver of, you know, engagement with websites and things like that uh, to grow those audiences. Um, it is about uh, looking for, you know, where are fans, you know, what are the touch points with a fan? Is it, uh are they if they're visiting the website are we doing something to sort of encourage them to connect there uh, even if it's just things like uh, you know people will go to a website to visit the store or the tour page typically these days uh you know if you're going to the tour date page and there's no tour dates you know putting a note up there that says hey sign up the mailing list we'll tell you when uh, when the band's in your area uh that's a that's a a simple but very compelling proposition other things that we've done are um Uh, we did this for Bruno Mars across Europe and across the US was, you know, SMS to uh, old school text messaging to, uh, you know, to enter a a prize draw for a a signed sort of gift pack from Bruno Mars. That, uh, I mean, we generated, I guess, you know, tens of thousands of email addresses of fans uh, in those uh, those venues. And that was, the, the important thing about that was there is, you know, you have a a lot of uh, fans that are willing to, you know, pay money to to see an artist uh, that are in a very dense geographical location. Uh, that, to be honest, we don't know who they are because uh, the, the ticketing um, partners, Ticketmaster or whoever else, will will know who that is, but but we won't. Additionally, when you have, um, you know, people buying on average what is two point three tickets or so, uh, you know, it, it also means that even if we got the purchaser, we, we don't have, you know, we're missing out another half the venue. So. Uh, being able to build the connection of those fans is important. So SMS to sort of enter is a good one because it also um, gets around, you know, patchy Wi-Fi that you, uh, you know, from online, if you were trying to go to an online form. So that's that's, uh, another way that we do it.
1: Yeah, I was going to ask you, what's more valuable to you? Uh, If you could text, send a text message, or send an email, which would you prefer?
4: uh, I would... (sighs) I would go for the email. Um, I mean, I would probably get in, in that scenario. We would go for both. <laughs> um, we encourage people to sort of, you know, uh, you know, sign, you know, text back an email address. Um, the reason for that is that you know SMS is a very intrusive medium. It's not the sort of, um, I you know, again, if if you if you're texting people all the time at the frequency that you be emailing them, people are going to stop reading it straight away, or pretty quickly, except for the the the, the, the more hardcore element. So um, appreciating the, I guess, the frequency that's uh, appropriate for the medium. You know, you can put three Instagram posts up per day. but you're not going to email three times a day. Again, you can probably email once a week, but you're not going to um, text message once a week. Uh, but again, depending on the artist. Uh, so yeah, it depends. The other, um, the other area that you sort of, I guess, alluded to earlier was, you know, Facebook Messenger. Hmm. That has become an increasingly interesting, you know, or important medium that we're um, we're doing a lot of work with, and and um, have been um, looking at that. You know, our uh, you know our artists get get a lot of engagement on those um, uh, you know within the sort of their messenger profiles, and people fans are constantly messaging, messaging them with interesting requests. And it's impractical to respond to thousands of requests a day, particularly for the, those bigger artists. So, having a, a messenger sort of engagement is a terrific way of um, engaging with fans and hopefully directing them to the information they want to receive
1: interesting okay kaylee has another tweet she's gonna ask
3: all right so fifth crystal says fans can also be considered customers in a way how often do these fans slash customers change and how do you adapt in order for you to reach them better
4: sure sure yeah and and uh, so fans are um one of the interesting things uh, you know for for what we do is is thinking about you know the type of fans that there are there's there are fans that will Stream your music, you know, all day, every day, but they'll never, um, they'll never buy a t-shirt. They'll never go to a show. There are other fans that will go to every show, but they'll never, they would never consider paying for music. Uh, so there's all, all different types of fans, and um, you know, from a pure sort of financial point of view, it's no point throwing money at sort of whether it's advertising or any sort of engagement around fans that are, you know, not going to spend money with you. Um, in terms of, um, you know, if, if people are, I guess back in the day it was downloading sort of music, and they're not. People aren't going to buy the t shirt. I'm not going to try to sell a t shirt to someone that's not going to buy it. Um, that's it's it's irrelevant for that for that fan, it's also a a waste of money for you know for us and the artists. So, understanding um, you know, fans that you know want to wear the band t shirt, let's let's tell them about it. Um, so having that appropriate message and sort of changing and recognizing that um, you know, certain fans, I guess, evolve over time. It's it's you know, interesting to see the um, certain artists as they get you know a little sort of become a, you know, a little later, you know, a few albums in, their fan base sort of, you know, gets older as well. Paramore being a band that, you know, have been around for a while and have been able to, I guess, reinvent themselves, you know, have been able to sort of change, you know, how they communicate and the things that they, you know, offer to fans. They've got, there's the Parahoy Cruise now, which is, you know, a terrific, you know, experience for fans that, you know, wouldn't have worked you know, when they first, uh, I guess, first launched, but now is it, you know, fans are probably a little bit older. They can't, they can't afford to go on a cruise, and it's a, it's a great experience to get with a bunch of fans that they, uh, you know, all care about a band the same way.
1: Mm. Another question for you. All
3: right. So this one is from me. Uh, what's the best advice someone has handed down to you while making your way into the music business?
4: Oh, that's a good question. The best advice. Uh, the best advice is, is you know, and I, I'm sure that if you, you know, a lot of people will say the same same thing. It's, it's, uh, or in my position, it's about really trying to think about the fan, um, and that at the core of it, you know, what is it? What is you know, what is the experience for the fan like? How you know, what is it that's you know, why do they want to listen to music? How are they engaging? Uh, what's important to them? Um, and using that as, a, I guess, as a guide for how we make our decision. Right.
3: Do you think you you know look at yourself and how you view fans to kind of understand that better?
4: No, no, absolutely not. Because you know if if that were true, we'd all be listening to you know '90s metal and punk and listening to the. <laughs> <laughs> um, I gotcha. So,
3: yeah, that's
4: that's a that's sort of the that's the trap is 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 really using that use case of one, um, and and why you know using you know external data to to understand it and there's a, there's a couple of things to do to sort of understand fans is, is you know you know, looking at data, you know, you can get insights on Facebook and, and that sort of stuff um, about, you know, what's uh, what the demographics are, where they are, you know, what sort of channels they're using. But, you know, one of the really great ways, too, is to, is to meet them, is, is to go to the shows, to, you know, spend time, you know, talking to fans. And, um, you know, some of the – for me, one of the real um, exciting things or, or, or that I've found about being in the music business is, uh, again, going to these shows of artists that I honestly never would have listened to um, – previously and then you know seeing a, a bunch of you know you know people screaming their heads off <laughs> and it's just you know it's an, an infectious experience and you sort of get to understand you yeah, who are the sorts of fans there i, I went and saw uh, melanie martinez and you know what was interesting about that was just seeing the level of passion that, that those fans had and then you know stepping outside of the concert for a minute and seeing all the parents hanging around buying the t-shirts so <laughs> that, was a, that was a really interesting experience too
2: mm. so how
4: do you measure
2: if something's working I mean, is it as simple as just there were 20 people before they did this, and now there's 40 people? Uh, I'm sure things aren't that reflective, so so easily, uh, you know, measured uh, for every artist. But sometimes it takes six months, eight months, 10 months. Um, and and when do you sort of maybe uh, bail out of that plan or that idea? It just didn't didn't happen. We thought it would would for this artist, but it didn't.
4: Sure sure and it, 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 there's I guess there's two types of um, things to look at one is sort of I guess camp, tactical campaigns and, and you know things like you know a, a lot of um, particularly when you're looking at things like e-commerce and, and trying to you know, make sure that fans know about you know the, the sort of the various the merchandise and things that you're offering um, you know if it's you know sponsored Facebook posts or Instagram or wherever it is um, you can very quickly see whether something's performing or not. Um, and then you can pivot uh, on that. What, we, what my team does in particular, again, the privilege of being in the center is we can set benchmarks. We know what a good, uh, you know, uh, what we, you know in, in digital advertising, you know, cost per impression or, you know, cost per thousand impressions or cost per click is or cost per conversion. And if it's, if it's going above the sort of, uh, you know, what, a lot more expensive than we're used to, we can quickly, you know, either change the strategy or approach or just, you know, cut that off uh in the in the longer term it's it's also um you know again we have benchmarks we um we can look at and it's also looking at what the uh, from a genre point of view certain um artists you know will uh engage differently um, you know and have you know the benchmark for a pop artist versus a, a rock artist will be different uh, in terms of email lists or web traffic or, or you know various other types of engagement
1: mm, mm. This is very different from the record business of the nineteen seventies. Yeah, I was just gonna say that, yeah. Uh Steve, when 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 were you on uh CBS records? In the early seventies. Early seventies. Epic, yeah. Epic. So they weren't using uh how how was their how big was their CRM department in uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. <laughs> that was those the, the days of the gut.
2: That's right. Yeah,
1: and the ears. Um Kaylee, why don't you ask another question via the defeat
3: right. So Teresa wants to know. Um, does your job require a lot of travel or overtime? In other words, do you have set hours or does your schedule depend on the particular fan base and location that you're working with?
4: Sure. Uh, so, and, and you know, in, in, my time it you know, my, my, as my job has changed and, and moved countries, it's, it's, uh, it has those dynamics have change, but, uh, it does, uh, in my role sort of, again, sitting in the center, um being able to connect with people across our company. As I said, we've got, you know, major labels have offices in, you know, most parts of the world. So, um, uh, I've, uh, you know, being able to visit, a, you know, obviously our labels across in LA or Nashville or, you know, our, our teams across Europe, um, which has been terrific. And it's, um, it's a really, it's a really wonderful experience to meet people that, uh, you know, again, have a, a you know, a shared connection with our artists. And, uh, you know, it's like having family all around the world, which is, uh, uh which is great. Um, in terms of the hours, um, you know, again, that sort of uh, New York's probably one of the best places to be for for, for our business because, um, uh, you know, the uh, you know you wake up; they're already online, um, so you sort of wake up to sort of their messages, and then um, LA comes online sort of a, a few hours later. Uh, when I when I was working in London, you'd sort of start in the morning with uh, the European guys who just, you know, are just an hour ahead of you, and then New York comes online at lunchtime. And you get it really busy, and the LA's comes on online at the uh, uh, you know about 5 p.m. when you're ready to go home so that uh, uh, that got really hectic but um, I, I guess the other the other element to that too is that um, you know it depends on the sort of campaign you're working on if we're running uh, some sort of you know work with uh, uh, you know trying to support a tour you know you have to sort of I guess you know uh, when you, I, I think a lot of people want to be there to support it but I'd also say that um, uh, like a lot of businesses where you um, we're pretty flexible and certainly, um, you know, the the team that I'm in, we have a a great culture of, um, I think, respecting, you know, and and trusting people. So, you know, again, I wouldn't say this across the entire music industry, but certainly within my group, you know, if someone, you know, says they want to work remotely, you know, for a little bit, that's absolutely fine because uh, I I know the the, the folks that come in that last are there, they're they're passionate about it and uh, we would trust them to do their jobs as well.
1: Mm-hmm. um when we spoke with you a while back one thing you said that you were competing with the, uh, with the fans was something called share of time what did you mean by that and can you explain sort of that concept
4: yeah yeah of course um as um, and, and there's a couple of layers to that so i'll
0: i'll,
4: <laughs> I'll uh distill it down to a couple of things that you know obviously on on the um you know Fans or, you know, people in general, have, you know, there's a lot of, um, media to consume and it's just increasing and there's a, a real proliferation of it. There's not, you know, uh, growing up in Australia, there was four TV stations and everyone would, um, you know, go to school the next day and everyone would watch the same show. These days it's, you know, you're watching, you know, there's, you know, millions and billions of videos on YouTube, but there's also Instagram. There's um, so many different ways to consume media, um, how do you, um, you know, one make people aware of what you know what you're doing, but then get people to listen to it? Uh, and that's uh, that's a really you know that's a big challenge. Um, so the other thing too is that um, the reason that it's important to be present in, I guess, more a visually uh, visual content driven environments, um, you know, whether it's Instagram or YouTube or what have you, is that um, you know people, in order to build awareness of, of an artist. Um, you know having compelling content is key because you know, uh, there is a there is a direct link between awareness and consumption, by which I mean you know streaming. So the more people and that's that's sort of played out with um, you know I guess statistics, and you'll see that the more people know who you are, the more likely you are streaming. So if you work that backwards, if you can do a good job of, of branding and content marketing, then you'll uh, you know be able to generate I guess more uh, you know engagement with your uh, uh, you know with your, with your music.
1: What do you find to be the most compelling content? Is just is it just a good mix of, of video and solid images and memes or something like that, or what what works? And I'm sure it's artist by artist as well.
4: Yeah, of course it is, and and the you know there's certainly there's a lot of different um, uh, this sort of world is evolving, you know, quite quickly. You know, the sort of listicle model from BuzzFeed is is you know. Has, has been a big deal, but, you know, you're probably seeing a little less of that, um, you know, lately. And, um, you know, we were, we were sort of, you know, having a great time sort of looking at this sort of, the, uh, you know, the, those, you know, I guess more buzzfeed style headlines instead of what we'd classically put up, you know, top ten ways to, you know, uh, listen to this artist or top ten things you didn't know about uh, this person. Um, that's probably been become so saturated it's no longer engaging for a lot of people. So, um, you know, those sort of, I guess, chunks of content um you know people will consume i guess you know those those smaller videos but then having you know interspersing with slightly longer form content and again you know storytelling is the thing that you'll you know people will will hear you know will repeat a lot like how do you you know tell a good story and and get people to sort of understand that that journey uh, um that an artist has been on and what their music represents and uh, you know you see that with you know Uh, A lot of, you know, whether it's Janelle Monae, who's, who's, uh, you know, represents, you know, what she, her image and what she stands for is is, is so much more than, you know, just the the sound of the the instruments. Um, And having that message is, you know, uh, you know, she produced a really powerful and, you know, exciting album last year, I think, uh, that encompassed a a lot of those things. And being able to have um, used different channels to sort of communicate that message was, you know, I think the guys at Atlantic Records did a great job doing that.
1: Cool. Okay. Uh, another tweet for you.
3: All right. So tall guy wants to know, what advice do you have for an independent artist just starting in their career in regards to fan engagement and growing their fan base?
4: Sure. Sure. Great. That's a great question. Um, it's really about, uh, you know, the advice I would give is is to, you know, one sort of, you know, really work on sort of, I guess you know, building up that core audience, you know, knowing that there's those fans that connect with you that, you know, you want to stay with them. So again, having, uh, you know, the email list is a great one because, you know, if you're a real fan, you'll, you'll read that and you can communicate powerfully, uh, you know, through that, through that medium. Um, it's, uh, I think the, the interesting thing for, you know, artists is there's, there's so many ways to get a message out uh, now and, you know, being uh, diligent about it, you know, you know, again, hustling. And there's it's tremendous opportunities to build your own email list, to, you know, post your own social, uh, uh, you know, content, you know, even do, you know, just pretty easy video edits on sort of things that you've done uh, to even, you know, run your own e-commerce. Um, you know, what's, I think, you know, for an artist to get signed to a, a major label, and again, this is not necessarily my side of the business, but an artist that already has it has has started to establish a business themselves and has a fan base, you um, is it is a really impressive thing? It's like not only am I coming with of my music, I'm coming with with an audience and an established mm-hmm. business. That's um, that's uh, you know, and uh, more than ever, there's a, a you know a way to sort of do that DIY thing, uh, it, you know already.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Uh, one more tweet for you.
3: All right. So Kevin wants to know what made you choose Warner Music Group besides any other label.
4: Sure. I. If it, to be completely honest, it was not, uh, I didn't seek out Warner specifically. Uh, I was, um, you know, and, and I, uh, again, as you mentioned earlier, I worked at the Guardian, which is a newspaper before, uh, I, in a similar role. Um, you know, there are a lot of parallels between content that's gone digital, uh, that, you know, once it goes online, people don't necessarily want to pay for it. So, um, how do we, you know, look at audience development and, and revenue streams that um, can sustain a, you know, an important business? Uh, and I sort of, you know, some I was uh, looking for new opportunities, and, and uh, something came up at Warner, and I was really um, impressed by, um, you know, the way that they looked at a well, you know, that rounded sort of artist career. And, and I, I guess you, you mentioned 360 deals earlier that um, that's something that you know some artists love, some people, some of them hate. You know, there's these certain reactions to that. Uh, I, you know, when it's done well, I think it's a, it's a really terrific experience. Uh, and that's what I would say about, but maybe not why I chose Warner, but why I, you know, continue to be there is that I think, you know, <laughs> not to be too, uh, you know, self congratulatory I think that, you know, we do it the best. We, you know, mm-hmm. our team really, um, is very tight with, you know, our labels. Um, we're well connected to our, you know, our e-commerce teams. We're well connected to our VIP and ticketing and touring teams. And, uh, you know, what that means is that we can, you know, really give a a full, you know, an accurate representation of an artist and just, one, deliver a better message, you know, a a more complete message for an artist, but then also deliver a better experience for a fan. Uh, And sincerely believe that, you know, we do that in such a way that is, um, you know, tells it again, tells a good story and and does it in such a way that's sincere and, you know, relevant to to the fan.
1: Interesting. Final question I have, because right from the beginning, we were using the term CRM and we described your title as Vice President CRM and Fan Engagement Strategy at Warner Music Group. But nobody ever said in this uh, radio show what CRM stands for. So for the person who keeps going, what is it? What is it? What does it mean? Can you say what CRM means?
4: <laughs> sure. It's it's uh, consumer uh, relationship management. And at, at its core, it's about, you know, understanding, you know, it, across many industries, it's about understanding that fans or customers Uh, And building long term relationships
2: with them. You know, yeah, that's basically it. It's almost as uh, mysterious as ARPU.
1: Average revenue (laughs) per user. That we've been using,
2: yes. When that came on the scene.
1: Yeah. Wow, that was cool. Do you use that at all? Does that matter to you? Average revenue per user per consumer?
4: Uh, Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we look at, uh, you know, when we're, you know, e-commerce stores, we look at, you know, you know, AOV, ARPU, all those, all those, whatever other acronyms
1: you can think of. That's a acronym phobia, fear of acronyms. I made that up. It's funny. (laughs) I'm funny. In Australia, by the way, I'd be the funniest man in that country. Why? I can just tell. <laughs> and, and Duke would be my uh, my manager because he would be able to determine how awesome the fans are and how I can reach them better.
4: Yeah, I, I, you yeah, know, I think, right. I, think you'd,
2: yeah, I think you'd do really well with that.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I knew you'd agree with me. So we should end it.
2: Yes, we have to.
1: Duke end. Badger, we really appreciate you calling in on your night off.
4: <laughs> Absolutely. It was yeah. a real, uh, real pleasure talking to you and, uh, you know, wish everyone uh, a lot of luck with what they're doing.
1: Yeah, thank you. Duke Great.
4: Badger, everybody.
1: Thank you very much. Really appreciate it. Have a great night. You too, brother. Bye. Bye. That was Duke Badger. Yeah. No mention of John Wayne, the the first Duke, or Duke Ellington, or uh, I or or I was wondering how was was he named after one of those people? Was he named after like his father's dog who died when he was like eight or something? Could be. That's it's Could it's be. one so of who's those. on three. next week? Um, third base. We know who's yeah, on uh, next week. Uh, Ken been... Mansfield, author yes, of The Roof. Yes, I finished the book. Really? Yes. What did you think?
2: As I told you in a <laughs> text, but I won't mention it here. Ken
1: Mansfield is no, author of The Roof, the Beatles' finer
2: concert. It was about the rooftop concert because he is the gentleman in the white coat. This in that uh, famous uh, picture. Yeah, the, a few, the few people standing Japan. around, and yeah. he's one. But he was the U.S. Uh, – rep for Apple Records right at that time so he was uh there got invited up and um i just thought that the book was uh, interesting but i didn't think that that we needed a book on the <laughs> rooftop concert so <laughs> that'll be your first
1: comment when no, he comes I, on the I air will try to keep did it- you really have to write this <laughs> Could you have Um, done something else with your time? Well, did you read it yet, David? (laughs) Could you? (laughs) you... (laughs) (laughs) I have have not. I've looked at all the pictures. And not even uh, great pictures. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna read it. No picture
2: of, of Yoko.
1: No, I'm sure she did not. Uh, Anywho. But, yeah, as we wrap this up. Anywho, uh, you have
2: to read it. You have a long week
1: ahead. I know. I, 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 will, I will read that between now and then. Uh, February 13th, Jordan Chalmers, lifestyle and influencer, marketing manager from Atlantic is going to be here.
2: Is that different than what Duke does?
1: Yes. And we'll talk about that. And we saw him speak recently. And Glenn Bar- Barros, COO of Concord Music, is going to be here in March. Ah, that's a good So one. we're going to have some awesome guests here. So course, our fifth yeah. year of I was going to say managing your band. Music is one and one and more, and Brave New Radio is going to be the best year ever. Mm. So, Ashley Weltner, thank you so much, Ashley, for being here. Ashley Weltner, Ashley Weltner, She's so great. Um, Kaylee Sherrill. I always want to say Haley. Kaylee. Kaylee Sherrill, all the way from Ohio. Thank you so, so much. Uh. Dr. Stephen Marconi, thank you so much. And, Dr. of course, Marconi. my
2: co-host is back. And better than ever, Professor David Kirkville. People listen to uh, Brave New Radio.
1: Good. Tune Maybe in next week. we end
2: with our PBS.
1: Oh, yeah. So at the end of every show, we don't say hello. You know what we say, Ashley?
2: Say Ashley.
1: We say...